Art of Visuals community and welcome to the Art of Visuals podcast, a content series to inspire the creators, the mavericks, the hustlers, and the visionaries who believe that art and creativity have the power to impact and change culture. This series was created for you, the explorers of the world. We're here because you're not alone on this journey to becoming your best self. This series shares real authentic stories direct from the world's most talented creative community. These stories are meant to inspire, motivate, and educate you and the rest of the AOV family. With over a decade of experience in entrepreneurship, content creation, and self-development, the AOV team is here to create a new kind of culture within our community, one that inspires action, love, growth, and fulfillment. You are now tuning in to the AOV Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince McClinton, and I am your host. And today's guest is Seattle-based travel photographer Emily Thomas, a.k.a. <laughs> at Emma Tomes on Instagram. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Stoked to have you. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, why don't you start us off by giving us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, so thank you for introducing me. But um, yeah, I've been doing photography now for about for around five years. I pretty much started at the end of 2014. um, And I was just using my iPhone at the time. And then just kind of grew my account using only my iPhone. And then Nikon wound up sending me a camera, which was really awesome. But yeah, I was pretty much just an iPhone shooter (laughs) um, for a really long time and then kind of like really picked up speed towards the end of 2015. And so I've been, you know, pretty much based in like like focused on the travel industry. But through all of that, um, I've been been also working full time as a marketing manager. So I was at Expedia for a while and then also Amazon as well. Um, So I feel like you know, working kind of alongside those businesses and shooting some stuff for them has been really great. So, um, in addition to like my travel photography, I've also done a ton of commercial work for Amazon and Expedia. And so, yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of my background as well. I love it. So you're actually a, so you have a full-time job and then photography is just your passion project, correct? Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of transitioned. Um, I actually left Amazon back in September for various reasons, but I just, you know, wasn't really feeling like I was getting a hundred percent fulfilled in what I was doing anymore. I love Amazon. I love the people that I've met there and all the stuff that I've done, but I just wasn't getting the same fulfillment. Um, and I had to turn down a lot of trips and opportunities to work full time. So I basically decided to work remotely um, for a different company, but it's just something that I always try to focus on it on my platform is that that like you can still travel and pursue those dreams while still having a quote unquote regular job. Mm. But yeah, it's just yeah. So I've always kind of like had another job and photography's been like a passion project of mine. Um and it's just a great way to have something outside of work that really motivates you and keeps you going. I love that. I like your philosophy on that because, you know, a lot of people that I, I chat with sometimes by turning photography or filmmaking into their full, full-time job, they oftentimes get burnt out and it's not fun. It becomes very much a work. Um, and so you keeping a daytime job, is that allowed you to keep your passion fun? Like, is it always fun or does it feel like 
work sometimes. I mean, there's definitely times where it feels like work, but I think it's kind of allowed me to not have to take on jobs that I wouldn't necessarily be interested in. And living in Seattle is expensive. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to pay. And, and there are people out there who are totally crushing it, but it's just like, unless you're really, really high up there, it's just hard to, you know, pay your bills on solely, uh, you know, Instagram or photography, unless you're like super crushing it. Um, but like I said, it was a passion project for me. Um, so it kind of allowed me to like, you know, still pay all of my bills, but still do what I love. And, and that's like, that's one of the questions I get asked the most is, Oh, how did you quit your job and travel full time? And that's something I always try to, you know, tell people is that you don't actually have to do that. It's just a lot of investment on weekends. And, um, when you would normally be doing stuff with your friends, it's just a lot of, um, investment into your passion, but it's totally worth it in the end. I love that honesty too, because, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, have followings your size and are working jobs and they don't say that to people because I think they feel a little insecure about it for whatever reason, because everyone just assumes they're, you know, making tons of money (laughs) and, uh, it's kind of sad because it's created like this false reality. And I think a lot of people hide behind that veil, uh, rather than just coming out and being, uh, more upfront and honest about like, Hey, it's actually really hard. Like, yeah, I may have a few hundred thousand followers, but it's actually really difficult to create a full-time living by doing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why, you know, I do this because I think it also creates, you have a lot of people dreaming to be like these other people. And in reality, it's like, Hey, they're, I mean, they're not even, they're not even able to pay their, their bills full time from, uh, this one thing. So don't, don't get caught up in the smoke screen, I guess the, the real from, from the false. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes, you know, honestly though, it's also not even just like about the number of followers. Like I know people who have like 5,000 followers and are totally crushing the game. I just think that also takes a lot of time and investment and, I think like aside from like just wanting to make money and like, you know, make a good living. And, um, I also have like other interests too. And, and I think that that's okay. And I I think a lot of times people, um, I don't want to say they feel bad, but I, I, I almost feel that they feel bad if they have aspirations to, you know, work a normal job and like have a normal life as if that's something that's not good enough. And I think it's, I think it's totally fine and normal and awesome to have those goals as well and, and still have big dreams. So I feel like it's kind of my way of balancing both of that. Like I, I love, you know, what I do as a marketing manager and I love the projects and the people that I get to work with, but then I feel like my platform kind of allows me to have that like dream big mentality of like traveling and, um, you know, shooting the things that I love and, you know, I would be lying if I didn't say that, like, the platform has allowed me to travel because it has. It's taken me all over the world pretty much. Um, but I think it's okay to, like, have goals of that might not seem, you know, crazy, like, traveling all over the world. So it kind of, like, grounds me in a way, I guess. No, I love that. So let's take a step back with how you got into photography. So you started shooting on your iPhone. Was it travel that inspired you to get into photography or did photography inspire you to travel? 
It's, high, it's like the chicken and the egg <laughs> situation, right? Um, so actually something totally unrelated and it's about to get kind of dark, but um, I had somebody really close to me that actually committed suicide and it was really hard and it was something that I had a really hard time going through. And I just like after that happened, I really, it just made me sad that somebody, you know, like it's not that they didn't see the beauty in the world, but it it's like, they didn't feel like life was worth living anymore. Um, and so I really just like wanted to use my platform to show people that there's a lot of really awesome places in the world, you know, and things that are worth living for and things that are like work, like worth waking up for every single day. And when I first started my platform, my goal was never to like, you know, become huge and travel all over the world. It was really just to like share places in Washington that I thought were super awesome and, um, you know, share the beauty with people who are interested in following. And then it kind of just like spun into something else. And I mean, when I first started, I didn't even know that people were like getting paid to post stuff on social media or like getting paid to travel or anything like that. So when I finally like kind of got into the industry and I saw that people were actually making money off of it and could actually, you know, get companies to get them to travel. I was like, this is awesome. And, you know, just an added benefit. So it was kind of more of just like, I wanted to show the beauty in the world and, um, it just kind of spun into something else through time. I love that. Is, is that still what drives your passion in photography and travel today? I think, I think it still drives me, but I think it's, it's changed over time. I think, um, you know, after traveling, cause I hadn't really left the country before I started, um, photography, I had pretty much only gone to Mexico and I'm from San Diego. So back in the day, you could walk across the border <laughs> and be in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was kind of like my experience with going international travel, um, but I think after I started traveling and started seeing the world and like seeing how much it taught me about myself and about other people, I, it became addicting and it became something that I just wanted to pursue. And I, I wanted to see more of the world and just learn more about people in it. And yeah, so, and then also working at Expedia kind of fueled that fire as well. It's when I kind of started working with a lot of like the partner hotels that Expedia works with and a lot of the other websites that Expedia owns and just seeing a lot of different types of travel just really inspired me as well. Let me ask you this. Um, have you leveraged what you've built outside of your job on Instagram inside of your day job? All the time, actually. So funny story. So, yeah. Um Actually, how I got my job at, at Amazon was partially because of my Instagram account. So I had marketing ex experience, but I actually got recruited to work at Amazon um, on a new product called Spark, which is like Amazon's version of a social network. Um, and basically, they wanted somebody who had marketing experience, but also had like experience working with influencers. Um, and that word is such a weird <laughs> word to me always, but it's something that I kind of like had my toe in both, like had dipped my toe in both things. And so that's actually why they reached out to me and why they recruited me for the team. Um, so yeah, so it definitely like helped me with like getting my, my job at Amazon, but, but also, um, when I was on the other side of it, I kind of, I was hiring influencers to do jobs for Amazon and I was hiring influencers to create content and, 
as a content creator myself, it, it made it a lot easier to do that because I could understand like what motivated people, like what drove them to create content because I would just reflect on my own personal experience. And yeah, I kind of use that as a, like a springboard to see, like to hire other people to create content as well. I love that because depending on what space you go into for a job, having an Instagram account that you can leverage and understanding marketing and some of these things, like, I mean, you could set up a really nice job offer for yourself. Uh, and I, I know a handful of people that have done that and more or less just leverage what they've built to say, Hey, I can go with this rad job that basically allows me to kind of like awkwardly work in both spaces to like, I work for this company, but I also kind of get to do my Instagram yeah. thing and I, they leverage the two together. And I think that's just such a cool thing. I don't think there's enough people talking about that because I think there's a lot more opportunity there than, uh, everyone trying to play the brand game. I think it's just, you know, it's a tough and very competitive space to play in. Yeah. And I think also I've had like even other friends who are creators reach out to me and be like, Hey, I'm interested in pursuing a full-time job at Amazon or one of the other country like companies. How did you do that? Um, and I think a lot of people forget, like when you are a content creator and you are doing stuff in the social space, there's so many different areas of business that you touch on, um, that you don't really consider as business. Um, I mean, we are kind of our own bosses and we are like making media kits and we are working with different companies and you kind of are in a way your own marketing manager. Um, and I think a lot of people don't really realize that when they are going to look for a job, like how to leverage, um, all the stuff that they've done for their social platform. And so I always try to tell them like, you already have all of this experience. You're doing all of it for yourself. So I think that's almost the most valuable experience you could have because you've pretty much built your own business marketing yourself. So, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, speaking of travel, you've traveled all over the world uh, and we'll get into some of those places. But first, I'd like to start with uh, what has travel, you know, what's been some of the biggest takeaways as far as what travel has taught you thus far? Um, I think something really big that travel has taught me is that um, you really don't understand the world or a community of people until you've actually been there. And I think you can have an idea of a place and you can have, a, have an idea of how people are, but until you're there and you actually see how people interact and see what the communities are like and see, you know, what countries are like, you really don't understand, um, you know, what it means. And I think we have, we read about things or we see them in movies and we, we feel like we kind of have a general idea of what, you know, things are. But I think until you actually go there, you, you don't really understand. And I think that's been the biggest lesson for me is just, you know, going into different countries. And obviously like I'm only there for a couple of weeks. So for to say that I understand everything wouldn't be true, but to go there and just like experience things first, firsthand, is really the best way to learn. And I, I think it's, you learn so much about yourself too. Um, especially when you're stretched thin and you're, you know, in another country where you don't speak the language and you're trying to interact with people, you learn so much about yourself and, um, just like trying to navigate that is super, um, super fascinating. Absolutely. I bet it's fascinating and, and challenging, which is why I think it's like one of the most dynamic learning experiences. You can probably 
get just because it's just, just so uh, there's so much when you're traveling, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, uh, how many places have you been? Um, so I've been, I've been to about 24 countries. Um, yeah, so it's hopefully still counting. I'd love to go to some new ones this year. Um, but yeah, I've been to about 24 countries and about, um, five different continents right now. So still need to cross Africa and Antarctica off my list in terms of continents, but, but yeah, that's, that's where I've been so far. Favorite place this far? That's such a hard question because I feel like you like places for different reasons, you know? Um, you want to give me one for each season? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, so definitely, um, love Japan. I feel like Japan is always in the top of my list. It's just such a beautiful country. The people are so nice. Um, the food is delicious and there's just so much to do there. It's so diverse. Um, and I've never felt more safe than when I was traveling in Japan. So Japan is like very top of my list. Um, I loved Argentina. I loved like the Patagonia region was very, very unique and special. Um, and then, you know, love Switzerland and Iceland. Um, I pretty much gravitate towards mountains always. Um, but I also love like Hawaii, obviously Hawaii is not a country, but I mean, but it's like one of my most favorite places I've been in terms of being in the U S it's just, you feel like you're on another world when you go to Hawaii. So it's definitely top of my list as well. So with all this traveling that you've been so fortunate to be able to do, what's been one of the craziest things that's ever happened to you while traveling? So I was working with uh, Swiss, the Swiss tourism, and we were in the Swiss Alps, and um, there was in Engelberg, there's a mountain called Mount Titlis, and you can take a gondola up to the top and be at 11,000 feet and see the Alps um, from the top. And um, I remember the group that I was with, we just said to them, like, how cool it would be to like be able to wake up at the top of the Alps and, you know, experience the Alps at sunrise when nobody else is there. And they were kind of playing with us a little bit being like, okay, well, we can't make that happen. But then they wound up bringing a bunch of like twin size beds up the gondola for us. So we actually got to wake up at the top of the Alps, which was just the most insane experience that I've ever had. Um, and it, I, it's a photo that's extremely popular on my account. It gets shared all the time. And it's just one I took with my iPhone. I just snapped a picture and I thought it looked really cool. So I posted it and I get so many DMS to this day, people being like, where's this hotel? How do I stay there? And I'm like, it's not actually a hotel. It's just a you know, a twin bed inside of a little lodge. But, um, but yeah, it was definitely the most unreal experience I've ever had. Oh my gosh. That sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, it was lucky amazing. You. What a cool, what a cool <laughs> experience. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk photography and, and camera gear and stuff for a little moment. Um, yeah. Let's just go gear first, just cause it's kind of quick run through, um, type of camera body you lose, like favorite lens. Yeah, so I shoot on the Canon 5D Mark III, and I my favorite lens is probably the 24 to 70 and the 70 to 200. Um, I use the 24 to 70 all the time for like portraits and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I use the 70 to 200 to like really show scale. So I would say that that's why it's one of my 
favorite lenses ever because you can really show um, scale and different sizes of things. So mm -hmm. that's why I really love it. Um, and I've had my Canon 5D Mark III for a really long time now. And I've thought about switching over to like a mirrorless body, but it's just been such a good friend to me for the past five years. So kind of sticking with it for now, but <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. I, can, I can totally relate. My 5D Mark II burnt out on me about a year ago and I was so bummed because it's been with me for so long and it's just such a great camera, but yeah, yeah, it's such a, it's such a great, and it, I feel like you can do anything to it outside of a mountain and it still works. Yeah. So that's, a huge that's what's plus. been awesome <laughs> about it. Yeah. Uh, what so, tools, what tools do you use for post-processing and, and what does that process look like? Yeah. So I use Lightroom. Um, I don't really use Photoshop that much unless I'm like trying to remove anything that's kind of noisy and busy, but I use Lightroom and I don't use presets or anything like that. I feel like every single photo is different and needs different editing. So yeah, I don't really use any presets. And sometimes I wish I did because I feel like I look at other people who have really cohesive feeds and all their photos have kind of the same um, colors and style. And I'm kind of all over the place. I really love like dark and moody photos, but I also really love bright sunsets and all that. So I, I still to this day, I'm still figuring out what my editing style is. Um, but but yeah, I kind of love a range of all different things. And it's hard not to when you live in Washington with like the amazing moody weather and everything like that. So mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's, that's so true. What are some photography tips that you have? You know, we have a lot of beginners in the community and a lot of beginners that listen to this podcast. And I'm curious what type of tips you would give uh, to beginners who are looking to take better images. Yeah. So I think, when it comes to photography, I think if you're getting in it for the money and the fame and the like growing your account, I think that you're doing it for the wrong reason. I think, and the reason I say that is because on our Instagram accounts, you pretty much only see the highlight reel. So you only see like the really beautiful moments, but there's been so many times where I've hiked so many miles and paid so much money to go to a certain location and the weather just wasn't ideal or things weren't working out. And it's a really big bummer, especially when you spend a lot of money to get there and a lot of time. And so I think if you're getting into it for that reason, it's not the right reason to get into it. Um, I think it needs to be something that is something you're genuinely interested in. Um, so that, and I think also, I think a lot of people always say you need to find your niche and you need to stick to it. And I believe in that to an extent. Um, I think people will start following you because they like a certain style or something that you share. But I think you need to shoot um, what makes you the most passionate um, because you're going to be investing a lot of your time into it. So you need to find something that is your passion and something that you love. Um, and I think that that will help you. And people will pick up on that. They'll see that you actually are happy with what you're doing. And I think that energy will rub off. Mm, I love that. So how do you typically approach photographing a scene? Um, I always look for kind of a something, a subject, something that will make it interesting, um, whether that be a cool foreground or the sky or, you know, an animal or something like that. I always look for something that's going to be the subject of my image. And I use that to kind of tell the story, basically. So I think... 
yeah, I think you always have to look for some sort of subject or something that's going to make your, uh, make people focus on one thing in the image. Love that. Who's someone that inspires you as a photographer? Gosh, that's such a hard question because I love so many mm. different people. I really love Hello Emily. I think she's an Australian based Australian based photographer, um, and she does a lot of really beautiful like pastels. Um, but I think the thing that I love about her is that she takes a lot of amazing landscape photos, but she also really focuses on the small details as well. And I I think it's really hard to kind of, you know, tell such a great story with something that's so small. Like she um, will take photos of just the moon or, um, you know, little details and stuff that she finds on her travels. And I just find that really inspiring. And it's something that I would love to try and do more of, which is not always feel like you have to take a photo of like an epic landscape that you can take photos of smaller moments and they can be really beautiful as well. And another person who really has always inspired me is probably Firsty. As someone who lives in Washington, I feel he's been one of the photographers that really captures kind of the moodiness of what it's like to live here. And he also does the same thing with, you know, capturing small moments like droplets of water on a leaf or something. And I'm like, that looks so cool. I'd never be able to do something like that, but it looks really awesome and I'd love to. So those are two people I really love. I love it. Dylan first is the man. Uh, I just looked up Hello Emily, but I'll have to keep looking because I think I pulled up like three accounts that were definitely Ah. not. (laughs) doesn't spell her name the same way that I do. It's E-M-I-L-I-E. So. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now I'll be able to find her. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about social media? Uh, how do you feel about what Instagram has done for photography? So, Slash doing, I guess, because it's yeah. now. Gosh, there's. I feel like there's so many mixed feelings about social media, and I feel like a lot of people are up in arms with Instagram right now because of the algorithm. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, I feel like – Instagram is kind of a double-edged sword in that it's brought me a lot of blessings in my life. It's brought me a lot of people that I, you know, would have never met on like just in regular life basically. And it's allowed me to travel the world. So to say that I'm not thankful for it would be not an accurate description at all. So I am really, really thankful for it. But I also feel like it adds this kind of unwanted pressure to always be doing something that's epic and, it's hard not to compare your life to other people and all the stuff that they're doing and kind of wish that you were doing that too. So I like, I feel like it's a double-edged sword, but I feel like it's mostly positive. Um, it really connects you to other people. I mean, I have friends that live all around the world and I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for Instagram. So I wouldn't be talking to you right now if it wasn't for Instagram. So I feel like it brings you a lot of really awesome people and a lot of awesome experiences but I feel like it's easy to get caught up in it and compare yourself with other people as well. Most definitely. What social media tips would you, uh, or advice would you give to someone who's, you know, new to Instagram? You see this all the time, new people. How do I grow? How do I do this? How to do that? Uh, and they're often looking for the wrong things. What, you know, what would you say to someone like that? Okay. So there's a couple different things. Um, one thing I would definitely say is be genuine in your actions. Um, I think 
you know, you need to reach out to people with genuine intention and like, it's totally okay to reach out to photographers that are much larger than you um, and like ask for their help and they might not always respond, but I would say something that's been really influential in my growth is that I did reach out to those people and they were super helpful in answering questions and wanting to shoot with me. Um, a photographer that's coming to mind right now is probably Eric Rubens and his handle is erubes1. I only had like 2000 followers at the time and he lived in San Diego, which is where I'm from. And I just hit him up one day and was like, I'd really love to come shoot with you. And he was like, yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know, I guess like be genuine and show interest in people. And I feel like your platform will grow by connecting with other people. And then you can't get so caught up in the numbers. I know it's hard not to, but I don't even look how many likes a photo gets anymore. Cause I just feel like it, it starts to influence, and I hate to say this, and I hate to admit this, but it starts to influence what I post. Um, if, like, people aren't engaging with it as much, I'm kind of like, why don't you like this? I thought it was really cool. But I feel like you need to post what you love, and, um, you know, people will catch on to that. I think you need to post, like, what makes you passionate and what drives you, and I think people will eventually gravitate towards that. And, yeah, so not get so caught up in the numbers, I guess. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's so true. It's really, it's the energy is what draws people in. So if you focus on what gives you energy, which is your passion and doing something that you truly enjoy doing, you'll always be doing it and always be people willing to watch and want to engage because they can, you know, they can feel the energy. They can see the time they can, and, 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 and feel that, that vibration. But when you're, I think when you're forcing it and you're, you're involved with, poor intentions and, and, and doing taking certain actions for the wrong reasons. I think it's really oftentimes very easy to just see like, Oh, that's, yeah. you know, like I say it all the time. Like I, I look at photographers, I put them in buckets, you know, subconscious without even really thinking about it. I'm like, okay, that's a photographer. That's an Instagrammer. That's an influencer. Like yeah, all, they all yeah. kind of operate differently and you can kind of see, by the way they the way they communicate and they do things, they all are putting out you know a different type of energy, and so it's always really really interesting, but like you said, I think just being honest and 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 truthful to yourself is I think that's the best place to start for anything you do in life <laughs> totally I a hundred percent agree so outside of the the social media, I'm curious, are there any you seem like such a sharp person is there any I love talking to people about books are you reading? any books that have been a game changer for you or are there any awesome books that you have read in your past that have really helped you get to where you're at today in life? Yeah. So I'm a big like self-help book kind of person. I read them all the time. I feel like I can always improve. So I'm always looking for books that will teach me ways to improve and like kind of better myself as a person. So, um, one book I've really, really loved is, um, the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, and then how to win friends and influence people. I just, I think, you know, through anything, what you, anything you do in life is very affected by who you connect yourself with and how you treat others. Um, and I think, you know, there's all this technology and all this great stuff in the world, but truly opportunities like still happen through people. Um, and I think reading that book and just kind of, you know, learning how to treat people and how to, um, 
you know, gain really genuine relationships has definitely had an effect on my career. And it's how I've had a lot of opportunities come my way is um, through building those relationships. And so I think any, any book that I can read that kind of teaches me how to treat other people and, you know, how to network with others and, you know, do it with the best of intentions is always a book that I'm interested in. So I love it. And I can double thumbs up both of those book choices. Um, <laughs> they are great, definitely great reads and, and definitely great books for anyone looking to become the best version of themselves. How do you deal with criticism of your work? Ah, uh, that's also a hard question too. Um, I'm a really sensitive person and I wish I wasn't. And I wish I could say that people criticizing me doesn't affect me, but it does. Um, I think just over time, I've had to learn um, to take criticism, not necessarily as like an attack against you as a person, but as something that people are, you know, hopefully trying to use to help you grow. I think that there's always going to be trolls on the internet that will just troll you just to be mean and because they have nothing better to do. But I think that there's also people out there who genuinely care about your work and, you know, want to see you grow as a person um, and, you know, to kind of take that to heart and, you know, use that as a stepping stool to grow as a creator. And I remember I had somebody send me a really long message about one of my photos and my editing style and they felt like. I was doing something that was like a little bit too unrealistic and they just wanted to see, you know, a simple colors or something that was more natural. And I immediately, you know, took it to heart and was really upset. But I realized that this was somebody who had been following me for a really long time and, you know, kind of remembered back in the day when I would only take photos with my iPhone. And, you know, maybe that was something back then that they really appreciated and wanted to see more of. And, um, I tried my, you know, tried my best to like take that feedback and like incorporate it into my work. Um, but yeah, I, I am now always open to constructive criticism, <laughs> um, and ways that I can better myself. I love that. So we're kind of coming to an end here and I just had a, a few last questions that I wanted to kind of chat with you about. One of those, I guess, just more or less a topic, you know, being a woman and being a photographer on Instagram's platform, um, I think it's plain as day. Just, I mean, I can see it in just audience data that I have. I can see it just because I've been in the space, you know, for years doing this most of my life and I'd love to hear a little bit from your perspective of what it's like and some of the challenges you might be facing or anything that you might want to bring, you know, attention on as far as being, you know, a woman photographer doing what you do with social media, Instagram in 2019. Yeah, and I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up because I think we've been taking great strides and I think that there are a lot more women in the space. But it's definitely still a very male-dominated industry, and I've gone on a lot of press trips where I've been the only girl there. And, you know, most of the guys are really nice, and they're really accepting and, you know, don't really see a difference. But I also feel like there's still kind of this pressure, um, like kind of this pressure for women to be talented photographers but also be models at the same time. And I don't think a lot of people really talk about that, but... I think it's something that's kind of 
like a really unfortunate pressure that a lot of women face. Um, and I think, I don't know. I think something that I've learned is that it's, it's hard not to get, um, it's hard not to get beat down by that. It's hard not to like, you know, look at different companies that are only hiring men and, um, you know, feel discouraged that it's not possible to, you know, accomplish all of the same things and have those really big goals. But I think, you know, I think obviously men and women can do the same amazing things. And I, I think when you keep pushing and you keep, um, moving forward and keep reaching for things, um, I think people really see that and they really gravitate towards it. And, um, I think companies are really starting to kind of turn around and, you know, appreciate, you know, having both men and women in the industry, um, and are acknowledging that there is a problem there. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, it's a hard industry to be in as a woman, just because there aren't, there just aren't as many female photographers. But that being said, I don't want to discourage any women from joining the industry or pursuing it because I think that you're just equally as talented and able to do anything that a man can do. So, so yeah, so I think it's something that is definitely making, taking great strides, but it's, it still has a little bit of work to do. Let me ask you this. So what are ways, so we're, we're both aware that there's not, you know, a ton of women in the space, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the data, but just from what we do, we, I think we both can agree <laughs> yeah. that there's more men involved in this and women. Mm-hmm. How do you think we bring more? But there's still, but there are plenty of women involved. And, you know, perfect example, like I have a panel discussion that I'm hosting in New York City with a large brand uh, coming up in a few months. And they asked me to, you know, to choose people from New York City specifically, because uh, it's easier for travel and things like that, you know, and I was able to quickly fire off like all these names. And then I Mm -hmm. go back to the names and I'm like, holy cow, these are all guys. I had one, there's only one girl that I knew off the top of my head from New York city, you know, that popped into my mind and I was just like, and she wasn't, she's unavailable. And so I have a panel that's all male Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, this is a bummer. Like I don't, and I don't even know where to, I was like, where do I go? And so I'm just, I'm curious on what do you think we could do to to show more love or bring more attention to the, the female photographers that are out there doing it now? Because I think giving them more, giving them equal attention, I think, would also inspire, the visibility would inspire more women, I think, to get involved. Yeah, I'm so glad that you are, you know, trying to be a pioneer in this effort. Um, I think it's great. Um, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're totally right. There's just very few and far between. And I don't want to discredit any creators or women who are like in the blogging space or, you know, who are models who do all that stuff. Cause I know that all that stuff takes a lot of hard work, but for some reason there's just not as many female photographers, strictly photographers. And I just wish that there was more ways for women to connect with each other. And I wish that there was more companies you know, doing solely influencer trips that were, are just women. Um, I think it would be great if like companies made that a priority and they hired, you know, female influencers to all do a trip together. Um, I know for me, I tend to feel more comfortable if there is another woman on the trip that I can like relate with and we have similar experiences 
So I just, I think it would be great to, you know, do more things that focus on like all female groups where they can share their experiences and talk about, you know, how they got into the industry, some of the different struggles that they've had to face or not. And yeah, just kind of letting those stories be told. I think that that would be an amazing way and a a great step forward for the industry. I love that. This is a selfish question, but what do you think we could do uh, from an organization to, you know, help give more visibility or push this movement forward? Like what would, what ideas do you have of when you think of AOV and what we could do? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say like, cause you guys did your first published issue and I was one of the first people that was on that issue. So I was super stoked about that. Um, and you guys really sought me off for that. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and I think you guys do make a really great effort to feature female photographers. And I, I think you guys are making great efforts to do that, but I think like just being conscious of who you're choosing, um, there's obviously a lot of amazing men and talented men in the industry, but for every single talented man, there's also an equally talented woman who can, you know, share her own perspective. And I think just being conscious of, you know, realizing who you've been choosing and, you know, making that conscious decision to be like, okay, I want to switch it up and share somebody else's story and just like consciously deciding to do that. Um, and just being very conscious of who you're talking to and who you're highlighting, um, is a great step forward just because I think a lot of times to be honest I think a lot of times companies just pick people and I don't think that they're trying to be like not picking women I think it's just they just pick people who are popular and then they put them all together and don't realize that they're not really being representative of people in the industry um and that goes for all like not just for men and women and I think it's for you know other minority groups as well I think just being conscious of who you're featuring and making a conscious effort to share those stories and highlighting them and all the work that they're doing for the industry. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, all minorities for sure. I know there's a lot of, you know, portrait pages and things that don't necessarily show uh, yeah. minorities <laughs> like at all. <laughs> they're just not yeah, and there's so many, like <laughs> so many talented people and so many, so many great people doing a really amazing work around the world. So but I think you guys are stepping in the right direction by being conscious about it and making an effort to change. I appreciate that. I thought about making a hashtag, you know, searchability is a real thing. And it's like, the reality is like when we need to find content, when I need to find people for an event to sit on a panel, to have on a podcast, to do something it helps if there's an easy way to find the people I'm looking for, whether it be a guy or a girl or whatever it may be, you know, and I was curious uh, what you thought about us maybe creating some type of female hashtag to where it's just, you know, something that empowers women and an easy way for us to discover and be able to share that yeah. type of work. Cause it's just, it's a lot of work even. I mean, I don't half the people don't have profile pictures. I don't know if they're male or guys, know. you know, if I, I know, make right? it, sometimes it's just like something totally unrelated. It's just a logo or something. So you can't even really tell who's behind it anyways. Exactly. And so, uh, it's just kind of, you know, I'm just curious on your thoughts of that and if you have any ideas for a good hashtag. Yeah, I mean, I, I off the top of my head, I don't. But, like, even something as simple as, like, AOV women would be great. And female AOV goddess? Could, huh? Goddess? 
Is that too much? Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever. I love women. I, I just think like something. They need a cooler word than just women, man. Like the freaking. Yeah. You guys are the queen. You guys are the <laughs> ultimate creators. You guys are the real goddesses. Well, that's. It sounds like you already have it picked out. So I think I think you should roll with that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think just creating a hashtag that is a community where people, where women can tag their photos, would be a, a great start. I think. Okay. Awesome. We'll do that. Thank you for yeah. helping me. Of course. Come to this conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So to wrap things up, uh, I normally give the platform to our guests to more or less share words of love and encouragement with the AOV audience. There's a lot of people going through a lot of different things in life, as you know, and I'm sure you've experienced a lot of them yourself. And so uh, this is just real uh, important part of the podcast where we just to get to spread light with the AOV community. So whenever you're ready, feel free to share whatever love and light you'd like to share with the community. Yeah. I think something I would like to say is, you know, a lot, there are a lot of people that have a ton of followers on the internet and I feel like social media is really more influential than people give it credit for. I think we've seen it affect um, elections and, you know, decisions on really important things. And it's kind of, like snowballed into this really huge thing that really affects how we interact with other people and decisions that we make. And I think for people who do have a platform or even if you have a small platform, I think, um, you know, picking something that you feel really passionate about and, you know, being a pioneer for that thing, whether it be like sustainable travel or, um, you know, more representation of minorities, um, in the creative space, um, or, you know, women empowerment, whatever your platform or thing that you're passionate about is, I say, you know, use the platform you have to really advocate for that. Um, so use it to either advocate for the environment or for people that you feel, you know, need more support. Um, but if you have an audience and you have, if you have a voice in general, then you can definitely use any platform that you have to really push for positive change. Um, and so that is what I hope people want to do with their platforms. And I, I hope that they will do something like that. Emily Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, you can <laughs> follow her journey and learn more about her on Instagram at E-M-I-T-O-M-S. That's at Emitomes. Be sure to follow us as well at Art of Visuals. Be sure to check out our Instagram for amazing images, inspirational uh, videos, educational videos, all types of fun stuff, and make sure to definitely subscribe to this podcast. Appreciate you guys. Love you all, and have a great weekend. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep everything free and to keep creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to, to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is, if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere, and just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, uh, like our podcasts our free app, and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. So check out 
our website, shop.artivisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them. And we're also going to be reworking that commission structure here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us. Help us out. Go to Adorama.com. Peace.